Great Party People. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by Sharang Biswas for a game of Hex Ed, one of the games featured in the UNI role-playing games for two anthology. Hex Ed is a game about wizard school. Specifically, it is a game about that most collegiate of traditions, that is, putting off your final term paper until the very last minute and then scrambling to get it all in, all while trying to still enjoy some of those late-night adventures that make college and wizard college just so exciting. Having played the game, I can tell you it is an absolute delight, and I really hope that you'll pick up you and I so that you can play it, as well as 13 other games from a variety of incredible designers, some of which we've played on the show, some of which we we will play on the show. It's a good anthology, and you should pick it up. You can find a link to that in the show notes. In addition to designing Hexed, Sharang is also one of the contributing designers to the D&D Adventure Mixtape, a 5th edition adventure compilation with accompanying soundtrack. He is also the designer of Feast, which won an Indicate Award, as well as many other games that are all wonderful and interesting and cool. You can find links to all of that in the show notes as well. Two quick things before we dive in. First, a special thank you to friend of the show, Devin Preston, for supporting the show on Patreon. Devin, you're a good dude. I really appreciate it. And a quick reminder that this Sunday, January 27th at Thursday Dice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Party of One will be doing a live show as part of the Everything is Awesome Headstrong Comedy Festival. We're raising money for Headstrong, which is a cancer charity. You can go to bit.ly slash headstrongfest to donate. We're hoping to raise $500 before the day of the convention. If we hit that goal, friend of the show Kevin Gallagher will run a Christmas-themed game of Mission Accomplished. It's going to be great. And on Sunday at Thursday Dice will be an entire day of games-focused podcasting, including Refugees of Esmeralda, Party of One, Pod of Love, Heart Points, Full Belly Laughs, and A Quest for Magic and Steel. It's going to be a great day, and I hope you're able to make it out. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Sharng Biswas. Sharng, thanks so much for coming on Party of One. Oh, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited. So, real quick at the top of the show, before we dive into the game, why don't you take a moment and let the listeners at home about know about uh, the game that we're playing, uh, where they can find it, as well as any projects that you're working on that you might want them to know about. Uh, sure. So, the game is called Hex Ed. It is a two-player role-playing game, because I'm on your podcast. Uh, of course. It is... Um, uh, it was... Part, it, the idea came in in early this no early last year I think when mm-hmm. a group of game designer friends decided to make this anthology of games called you and I role playing games for two um, they decided I mean the the beauty of the current state of the uh, game design world is indie designers can make mm-hmm. things and just put it out there on you know sites like drive through RPG or HIO and things like that mm-hmm. so so um, a couple of designers came together they each individually or in pairs and things made these smaller two-player role-playing games because we recognize that there is a dearth of you know two-player role-playing games as I'm sure you're sure. aware of uh, with your podcast mm-hmm. um, and so this one uh, it was inspired by uh, my interest in the Harry Potter books mm-hmm. um, because I I like them a lot, and in the LARP uh, New World Magiscola, which is a LARP where you play Wizard School, and so those ideas coalesced, and one thing I was thinking about was um, the thing that a lot of these don't cover as much is the part of student life, which is about balancing 
your actual life and your academics. And mm-hmm. so that was sort of the seed of the idea for this game. It's a game where you play a freshman at a college of magic and uh, it is three days until your midterm is due, and obviously you have not worked on your midterm at all. Of course. Uh, so rather than try and cram and study for three days and that's all you do, you're hoping that all the obligatory midnight adventures that you go on, which will of course happen, you're at magic school, you sure. hope that that those midnight adventures will teach you enough stuff to like stuff into your midterm paper. And at the end of the game, uh, the GM or the college in this game mm-hmm. um, actually grades you based on how well you did. And your grade determines um, like the epilogue. That's so, so good. That is, I am, I am so unbelievably delighted. This is going to be so much fun. I cannot, I cannot wait. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the uh, wizard school genre. I have made more than one project in that realm. Uh, so, um, yeah. And so, uh, you asked about some other things I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, Probably many of your listeners, not all your listeners are in New York, but this week, in fact, I have an interactive, uh, like a live game at a gallery show uh, happening. It is about futuristic Indian hackers and you as the players hack by dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we brought in like two choreographers to work with us um, to like help choreograph what this looks like because um, we're interested in how um, physicality is in games and mm-hmm. also playing with this idea of how the digital world is you know supposedly alienating supposedly mm-hmm. but close dancing with someone is a very, very intimate thing. So juxtaposing those two um, can achieve something weird and wonderful. That's so cool. I hope so. It's a very experimental piece. Um, And then I also was just released. um, A lot of people know me because of my independent game work, like my game Feast won an Indicate Award and things Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, But I also like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. That's great too. And so uh, four designers, me one of them, uh, made a anthology of D&D 5e games called The Adventure Mixtape. And they're all low to slightly mid-low level adventures they're designed you can throw it into your Waterdeep campaign if you like because they're all urban adventures but the cool thing is they're all very different they're four designers Mm -hmm. with different visions and we commissioned original music to go with each piece freaking rules uh which you can uh get if you if you get the the Mm -hmm. game it's also on drive-thru it's called adventure mixtape uh, and uh, it's full of art. We Most of us commissioned original art. Some of us made original art. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. My adventure is called The Infernal Collection. It is m- the only game I've ever made that actually includes a quote from The Devil Wears Prada. Because Very good. Very the, good. Yeah, because it's set in a fashion show. And the players, in addition to you know solving mysteries and dealing with monsters, they have to contend with the drama between the models, including multiple love triangles, uh, and you will be called on to design clothing for the fashion show, and that is part of the game mechanics. The better the better clothing you design, the better the ending will be for you, so. That's amazing. Oh my god. You just said like 17 different things that made <laughs> my heart grow a size, and I... 
I like I I know that they what we want to we have to play the game because that's what the podcast is about. <laughs> but like I also okay no we're gonna talk about these things later off mic because I'm very excited about them. Oh, just one more thing because this is important yeah. to me in. In the Infernal Collection, every single character is canonically queer. So perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's 18, th- Eighteen things that have made my heart grow a size. <laughs> but for now, we're here to play Hexed. Awesome. So let's so let's dive into the game. Before before we dive in, uh, I just want to give thanks to the two people who helped me make the game. I forgot to do that. Um, MJ Barros um, made the art for the game, which I think is gorgeous, and Shweta Mohapatra. Um, helped make the character sheet because she's a wonderful mm-hmm. graphic designer, and I would uh, would be unhappy if I did not mention that and thank them for helping me make the game. Fantastic! I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate you calling them out. All right, so let's let's dive into the game. Uh, the first thing that we need to do is is lay out our uh, magical school student. Yes. Um, so. Uh, I know you're looking at the character sheet, so mm-hmm. if you have the game, the character sheet is part of the book. Um, so you can pick a name. There are three recommendations. Alistair Crombley, Zahra Sarfarazuddin, or Marie-Dominique de Latour. And if none of those appeal to you, you can make your own name. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to take Alistair, because I like, I, I've always liked Alistair as sort of the, the sort of definitive uh, witchy name. So I yep. think I'm going to go Alistair... And I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go broom bottom. Oh, I like that, Alistair Broom Bottom. Alistair Broom Bottom. Okay, uh, wonderful. So then you would uh, set your statistics. There are three mm-hmm. statistics: stability, substance, and progress. You always start with the same statistic. So your stability starts at three, and stability is uh, basically how stable you are as a student. How how you can how well you can focus. How how much sleep you're getting. How much how healthy you're eating. All those things that make you able to function as a person. Um, mm-hmm. And in the game, you will spend stability points um, to add to your adventure role. So we can talk mm. about that. And this is heavily inspired by um, Monty Cook Games as materials, where you actually spend your statistics mm-hmm. to do things. That's what I was. Um, that's what inspired me to have this spendable resource because I really want to reflect in this game. Um, this idea that as a student you have to um, like make sacrifices of your yeah. time and energy, so you actually spend your time and energy doing things. Okay, so I've got three stability, one substance, and zero progress. Yes, so your substance um, determines how much material you have as like research that you can use to write your midterm. And then mm-hmm. your progress, which you have made none of because you have been procrastinating all term, is uh, how much of the paper or assignment you've actually written. So that starts at zero. Um, then uh, you would pick a style and how you look. So the three recommended styles or suggested styles are formal, which is a robes and a hat, a uniform, which is a button-down shirt and a tie, or casual, which is jeans and a hoodie. Uh, I think what I'm going to say for my my style, I'm going to draw from my own uh, freshman college experience, uh-huh. which is going to be a uh, a suit and tie, uh-huh. because I was because I was that kid in college, and I have to <laughs> own that. I have to live with that for the rest of my life. Uh, it was a suit and tie 
that is too large because it was a thrift store purchase and I did not know how fitted clo- like how to shop for fitted clothing. Nice. So it is a too large suit and tie. I love that. So I, I've studied some costume design and they always talk about your clothing showing your character. So this mm-hmm. to me suggests that you... You kind your character uh, Alistair Broombottom wants to be perceived as formal and like mm-hmm. uh, and like possibly wealthy, but isn't necessarily yes. in those circles yet. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think that I I want to be perceived as an authority. I think more than anything, I want to be I want to be like somebody that that people look up to, but I'm still trying to figure out like how I can how I can do that which is why i think the suit and tie is just not quite too large shoulders so it's sort of that you're sort of swimming in it the sleeves are a little long so you don't see my hands all the time i love it okay um so i'm gonna try and remember that and incorporate that um so now you take three classes every turn Mm-hmm. Um, you pick two of them and you make your third one. And the third one is the one in which you have this midterm. So we have five classes uh, that you can start with. Uh, each gives you a different bonus. Um, so we have introduction to neuroalchemy, where you start with more stability. We have griffins, hippogriffs, and pegasi, the evolution of mammalo, avian hybrids, which will help your roles connected to creatures. We have a special seminar in Sumerian and Assyrian curses, which will help your roles connected to curses and traps. We have divination, which helps you uh, look into the future and reduce difficulties of actions. And we have mangu, heka, indrajala, and other non-Western magical traditions, because this is a Western school of magic, Mm -hmm. uh, which helps you ignore the effects of um, magical mishaps because you have your multicultural uh, knowledge. So pick two of those classes. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the first one that jumps out is Mangu, Heka, Indrajala, and other non-Western magical traditions. Okay. Because I, I, I think, which tells me immediately that I think Alistair, because I said that I said that he wants to be a an authority figure. Uh-huh. Like, he wants to be perceived as somebody that is, like, important and knowledgeable. Okay. I think he's trying to learn to be, like, the sort of jack-of-all-trades. I think it's specifically he wants to be an authority at parties. Okay. I think he wants to learn as much as he can about as many topics as possible. Okay. So he's going specifically for as wide a range of like things that he can rattle off at like rattle off at an <laughs> at a grown up party as possible. I love it. Okay, I love that. Pick your second class. Uh, then, with that in mind, we are also going to go with. Uh, do I want griffins, hippogriffs, or pegasi, or the special seminar in Sumerian and Assy- I think I'm gonna go the special seminar. Okay. I think because it's a I think I, I think that I was immediately seduced by the fact that it's not gonna be on the uh the syllabus next uh next like term. Right, right. And I dove on it. Yeah, there's a visiting lecturer teaching that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So that's cool. So that means um, for Mangu Heka, once per semester, i.e. once per game, uh, you can ignore a magical mishap, which is when you fail a role which has magic in it. And for the special seminar, any adventure role to do with dark magic, curse, or traps, you automatically gain one extra die. Mm. Um, and then you may name what the third course is, what your elective course is. Uh, what do I think my elective course is? I'm just writing these down real quick. And as I do, I will think about the name of my elective course. 
So one of the things I really enjoy is um, semi pre-gen character creation where some things you just pick from a small uh, set of options and some things you make completely and I even when I mm-hmm. run one shots of like D&D and things at cons I half build a pre-gen for people so with that in mind uh, I made this um, character creation process uh, I think it is I think my third class is going off of the theme of just trying to learn as much trivia as possible because I am a freshman and I haven't fully decided what my specialty is. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it is... Let's see. What do I... What's... From Salem to Greendale and beyond the law and order of, of witch hunts and magical trial practices. That is amazing. From Salem to Green... I'm going to write this whole thing down. To Greendale and beyond the law and order of magical practices. Love it. I really like this because different players I play with always have different ideas. So you have this really epic academic sounding course. One of my players I was testing with says, oh, I want the uh, the third course to be uh, the care of magical dogs. And I'm like... Awesome. Love so, it. Uh, I love that. Awesome. Now, because we know that in wizard school, your best friend often does all the work for you and you get all the credit, you yep. get to pick a best friend. The op- the recommended options are either the cleverest student in your grade or a loyal, stupid, but massive minion or a cat. Uh, I think it is... I think it is the cleverest student in my grade... Okay. I think it is specifically, uh, specifically, it is a ghost. Uh, pronouns, pronouns will say she, her, will say her name is, uh, Luxem Buffo. Luxem Buffo, okay. Uh, and she, she specifically runs our, she specifically runs our tabletop role-playing game club. Because she's got a lot of experience. Uh, I, I would say... Uh, uh, that your tabletop role-playing game that you're currently playing is all about being a mundane and how yep. you can survive in a world without magic. Yep. And she has a lot of experience. She's learned a lot of weird games, being that she is a ghost who has been around for at least 100 years. Perfect. And so she just picked up all sorts of weird... She's like, well, this game was huge in France in the 1780s, and I think we've adapted it into a really fun little story game. And so she just knows a lot of little pieces of history that can come in handy. I love that. I also would like to say that she's been here very long, but only recently has she been formally allowed to register as a student, um, as a ghost, because ghosts weren't allowed to register before. So that's why she's in your grade. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, um, okay, and then there's a section in the uh, character sheet about your transcript, which we fill out at the end of the game, and yes, that is character creation. Any questions or anything you'd like to add before we go on to the next stage? Uh, the only thing I would like to add so far is that Alistair Broombottom is a precious angel that I will love for the rest of my life. That is wonderful. I will make note of this. Precious angel to love forever. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now uh, the game works in uh, the game is three nights long, and uh, mm-hmm. so you have the daytime, which is quickly done with like small scenes, and then the nighttime, which is the larger scene. Um, 
So uh, you have a midterm in from Salem to Greendale and beyond the law and order of magical practices coming up, and you need to get cracking or you will fail, and that will not be good for you. So at the nope. end of the um, at the end of the uh, game, there is a little summary of the whole game procedure. So I'm going to be using that. Uh, there mm -hmm. are also some suggested uh, prompts in the game about like scenarios, situations, uh, and you know to showcase the game. I'm going to be using some of those prompts um, to as today as we play. So, uh, the first thing you do is, it is the first day, um, the, you have to, after you go to class, you come back from class, and you have to decide how you spend uh, the few hours you have of free time before dinner and, and before be beginning the evening. So, would you like to sleep, which will give you extra stability, which is used in adventure roles? Would you like to study, which will give you one substance? Uh, which is used in writing your paper, or would you like to socialize, which is random, and you could either lose stability or gain even more stability? Uh, I think I have to socialize. I think that I think that Alistair is is so so getting is so like trying to get used to sort of the the social atmosphere of college uh -huh. that I am just diving hard into like. Hey, what's everybody doing? Are we going out for are we going out for coffee? Are we chatting? Did you all watch uh did you all see the new Netflix show? What's going on? What are where what are we doing, gang? Awesome. So can you give me a brief description of what you are doing with your gang? Uh I think that what are we what we are doing is um I think that we are I think Luxem is guiding us through like a low-level seance. Oh. You know, easy kind of child's league stuff, not right. necessarily anything that is sort of like going to be magically illuminating. Right. But it's a lot of like conjuring old entertainment stars and being like, let's get a joke from Johnny Carson today. And then we don't know if it's actually Johnny Carson, because ghosts can can be <laughs> tricksters, but we're all just like, hey, this is fun. This is a great time had by all. I love that. Okay, now roll me a uh, 1d6. All right. That is a 4. At a 4. Um, so uh, that's a mid-success. So the seance goes pretty well. Um, at one point, you break out a Ouija board, and it spells mm. out what some of you call a pun. Some of you are like, no, that's random. But enough people think it's a pun that the people think the evening is a success. So you gain one stability. Somebody groans when, uh -huh. when they spell out the Ouija board. Somebody groans, and that's what that's what we decide is the deciding factor. We say, "Yep, that's a pun." Yep, as we long as there's a groan, you know you have a pun. I love it. Uh, great. So now um, you you go to dinner. You finish up your like chores, like laundry and things. Um, and now it's it's nearly midnight, and you're gonna have to go on an obligatory midnight adventure. So I'm going to look at my table, um, and I'm going to say, since you told me your character, um, that Alistair really wants to be known by people and, and known as smart and, and important and, and things like that, uh, I'm going to say um, your... So you have a rival at the school. Would you name your rival for me? Oh, my rival is... Uh, my rival is named... Handsome Jack Quickster? Handsome Jack Quickster. Love it. So, his name is Jack, but he's known as Handsome Jack Quickster because he is both handsome and a quickster. Mm -hmm. um, and he's clearly better than you. Everyone's like, he's more handsome than you, he's oh, quicker sure. than you. And you, you know, you want 
to not that not to happen. So you have heard that handsome Jack Quickster um, is is handsome Jack from Borderlands, the video game. Uh, I think actually, I think I specifically got it from. I think handsome. Hold on, I think handsome Pete is a Simpsons. Handsome Pete is oh. a Simpsons character. <laughs> okay, <laughs> where I, there may be a Borderlands character named Handsome Jack, but okay. I know that Handsome Pete is a dancing is a dancing accordion player from the Simpsons. Okay, because I, I played Tales from the Borderlands and it's excellent. So I just I just thought of that. Okay, so you know that they're going to a secret meeting at midnight. Now, normally, most club meetings um, end before midnight, except some of the astronomy meetings, uh, but those are only for the higher-level uh, students, because astronomy and astrology are higher-level magics. Um, so you want to try and infiltrate and see what this meeting is and what they're up to, um, mm-hmm. what Handsome Jack is up to. And I'm going to say, so I'm going to look at my second table, uh, and you have heard, uh, I'm going to say that um, your uh, best friend, Luxem, because she's a ghost, she was passing through some rooms at one point when she overheard that this meeting is um, happening at a specific clearing in the, um, in the, in the forest, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a specific clearing where... It's super dark, but the trees that ring this forest have nests of these um, glow-in-the-dark, these luminous birds. So when they roost there at night, they shed light into this clearing. Oh, I love it. That's so good. Um, so, yeah. so Luxem's, you Luxem's a little gossip is what I like about my best friend Luxem. Oh, yeah. She's a ghost. Of course she's a gossip. She can go yeah, through things sure. and, like, turn invisible and stuff. That's all she does. Um, yeah. Uh, also, she doesn't really need to go to class. She's been to them dozens of times over her yeah. death span. And so she just, she literally is the friend that will just show up at your dorm room and be like, hey, by the way, I heard a hot scoop. You didn't hear it from me. And you're like, I love it. okay, great. I love it. Um, okay, so it is before, it is right before midnight. Um, mm-hmm. What would you like, would you like to make any preparations or do you want to just head out into the woods and see what's up? I think the thing that I am preparing is... I spend a lot of time preparing, like, a cool quip, like, cool quips and little tiny, like, parlor room facts. Uh-huh, because uh-huh. I assume, I assume that that is, the, that if we're going into this gathering, in addition to whatever ritual is being performed, because if it's in a clearing, it's probably not just, like, a club painting, it's probably some sort of ritual. Mm-hmm. But uh, whatever ritual is being performed, I also just need to have, like... You know, there's going to be some mingling time, and this is going to be an opportunity to sort of meet and greet, and I need to be ready for the meet and greet section. Love it. Uh, So, just as a note, every Midnight Adventure, there's a table of complications, so Mm -hmm. there's always a complication that was going to be introduced. Um, So, this is perfect. So, you prepared all these tricks. Um, Are you, like, heading to the clearing as though you're, you know, I'm supposed to be there. I'm going there. Are you trying to sneak in? How are you uh, going to the area? Uh, I think that I am trying to um, scope out, like, other people that are going. Because mm. I can't go with Handsome Jack. They will rat me of out. Of course, of course. But, like, I could definitely, like, sneak in with... If I sneak in with, like, a large enough group of other club members, I'm hoping to kind of hide in plain sight and just be, like, somebody in the middle of a crowd. Perfect. Uh, so I have a table of NPCs. I'm gonna, at which you can mix and match. I'm gonna say the you spot 
uh, another student heading over. The student's name is Leif Richardson, and it is rumored that Leif is actually a goat who accidentally transformed into a human and now mm -hmm. attends the college. Like, people say this about her. Uh, about them, I'm going to say. They're, they're, they use mm -hmm. they pronouns. And they are always walking around with a, um, a cane, a walking stick, shaped like a giraffe. Okay. So yeah. you actually hear the clack, clack, clack of, of their giraffe cane. And you're like, oh, that must be Leaf. Why are they up at this time? Let's follow them. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Um, so in the in the woods, you know, this is the, this is the um, magical forest that the school obviously is built next mm -hmm. to. Um, tell me on the way there. So this is a uh, each location has a question prompt. Um, so this is the question prompt for you on the way there. Tell me about a rare magical plant that you spot that you know only grows in this part of the world in this forest. Uh, the plant that I spot is the, uh, we will call it the, it is the, uh, the zombie root. Ooh. It is this tiny little, it's, it's called zombie root, but it's sort of more of like, it's a little bit of a potato or like a shrub, <laughs> but it's called it because it grows in a specific way along the ground that it looks like a root. Uh-huh. And if kind of, if kind of like boiled and subsequently mashed in just a certain way, it is it it has the the magical ability to only for a few minutes sort of like if if you kind of like kind of like if you stuff a vampire's mouth with holy wafers if you take sort of a little ball if you take sort of a little ball of this kind of mashed potato mixture uh -huh. and you put it into the mouth of a recently deceased uh being uh -huh. they will hop they will hop to life for a few minutes the first, but the first minute, of course, is spent sort of eating this and going like, "Oh, that's delicious. That is <laughs> just got a real savory flavor." I and so love you have that. to kind of have you have to have a little patience when dealing with zombie root zombies because they're going to spend some time savoring the dish. I love that. Would you like to take some zombie root? Uh, I figure I may as well. You never know when it'll come in handy. Exactly. Awesome. So you grab, you you like quickly do a little digging and you grab a handful and put it in your pocket. And as you're grabbing the zombie root, you take time to pull it out. You realize that you have lost sight of leaf. Oh, and no. You are now in the middle of the forest and you are kind of lost because, yeah, you've been here in the daytime, but it's now midnight. It is very dark. Um, you've lost sight of Leaf. Your uh, your friend Luxem is kind of hovering around looking and she like gives you a shrug like, oh, no. Um, how would you like to find your way either out or towards the meeting or to find Luxem? Uh, not Luxem, um. Leaf. I think that what I'm looking for, I think how I'm looking to find Leaf and subsequently the clearing is, I the one the one concrete thing I know about the clearing, since I've, I've lost track of the club members, the one concrete thing I know about the clearing is I am looking for these glowing birds. Okay. So I think what I'm doing is kind of like knocking or rustling trees as quietly as I can to try and like scare loose a glowing bird. And if I can scare <laughs> loose that glowing bird, it'll flock to its brethren and I can sort of just like follow it perfect so this is because this is an interesting role with possible consequences this becomes an adventure role so perfect. the way an adventure role works is you roll a number of dice uh, so this one is inspired by lady blackbird 
um, mm-hmm. which is a great free role-playing game uh, by John Harper, the creator of Blades in the Dark, and I would encourage all your listeners to check it out. Um, but uh, you have to roll a number of six-sided dice, and you need successes equal to the difficulty of the task. So if the difficulty is two, which is a standard challenge, you need two dice to read a four, five, or six to succeed. Okay? Okay. So uh, every adventure roll, you start with one die. Okay, so you have one die. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, you cannot get two successes with one die. So there are a number correct. of ways to um, increase your dice pool. You can easily spend one point of stability and get another die. You can spend more than one as well, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, try and use magic and you get another die, but if you use magic and you fail the roll, that will result in a magical mishap. Mm-hmm. Um, and if what you do makes me laugh uproariously or or surprises me in ways I cannot think of, I may award you a bonus die. So I would say for the first roll, let's just start with one die. Um, All right. Would you like to use magic or use substance or both? Oh, sorry, uh, or use ability or both? I'm going to use one point of stability. Okay. Dropping me down to three stability. Yep. I'm definitely going to, because I'm going to cash in, cash in my time spent socializing. Yep. I think I maybe picked up a few factoids about glowing birds. Uh, Yep, of course. And I think I am going to use a little bit of magic. Perfect. Now, magic can be, can come in many forms. You can cast a spell. You can have a trinket on you you can have a potion you can interact with a magical creature you decide do note that if you use a curse in some way you will get a bonus die because of the the course you're taking oh okay then yeah i I think i'm definitely gonna use i think i'm definitely gonna use i i feel bad about it (laughs) and i think i like i pause as i look around i'm kind of like knocking trees and i think to myself Oh, wait. There is the curse. There is the curse of of the of the henpecked husband. Oh. The henpecked husband. The 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 irony of the curse name is it actually just literally causes flocks of birds to pursue to descend upon you and sort of harmlessly but painfully peck at you for a little bit. Oh. I'm going to say you learned this uh, curse when someone did it to you uh, your first week. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. This is definitely a freshman hazing curse. <laughs> <laughs> ah, stop it. it. No, no. Uh, uh. And yeah, I think I think I like I, I, I just scoured over the course textbooks in the curse class to find that specific curse and was like, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to use it on somebody. I and I know it. the curse, the henpecked husband. So yeah. So because you scoured your textbooks in your special seminar, um, and remember it's a visiting lecturer. So he doesn't yep. care as much about how illegal his class is because he's going to be gone in a term. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know this. So that gives you uh, w- one bonus die for using magic at all. And then one bonus die because you're taking that course. So that's going to bring me to four dice. So you need two successes uh, to to do this well, and if you fail, you will suffer magical mishap. Yep. So go ahead. That is one success, two successes, three successes. Wow, okay, so you're super successful. Can you describe how you perform the curse? Yes. Uh, I think what I do is I I take out, or I like, I, I cover... 
I see one of the nests, right? Right. And, uh, I, you know, every good curse needs, like, a focus point. You need to be cursing a person or a thing. Right. And the detail that I have, I don't have a lot of detail on Leaf. I didn't really get a good look at them. Right. But what I did get a good look at was that giraffe cane. Right. So what I can do is kind of describe the cane and sort of give it, like... It's, it's sort of a lot of hand gestures. You kind of have to make the bird, and you kind of have to go, like... <laughs> And, like, slowly the the glow-in-the-dark birds start fluttering and start rustling and start feeling an unrest, and they just go. And I'm like, Luxem, that that worked. That's, I'm very excited. This is going to be fun. This is going to be, and Luxem is like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting night. (laughs) Now there's birds everywhere. So Luxem is very pleased because she's been alive for, like, uh, you know, a century, and none of her other best friends have ever been this. Um, henpecked. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's really excited. So yeah, so these glow, these really, they're like peacock-sized birds, mm-hmm. but they can fly. And they, they like glow all these different colors, so they it's like so leap. much larger than I was thinking, and that makes me so happy, because that means there's just giant birds descending <laughs> on this cave. Yeah, they're descending, and they're, they're like, the, because you were, you described the shape of this giraffe walking stick so well with your gestures, um, also, looking at that, um, Luxem nods at you and makes a mental note that you're going to be her pick for the next game of charades that you guys play together. Yes! Um, the birds, like, zip through the forest, and you you manage to, like, keep up with them. And in the distance, so, like, where you're heading, you see the clearing. You see the whole clearing is aglow with all these multicolored birds, and these birds are heading there. You see a bunch of figures in the clearing, and you see that, like, slowly walking over is, um, is uh, Leaf. And these birds immediately like crowd around them and start squawking mm-hmm. and pecking and a couple of them poop on leaf. Yep, yep, yep. Um which I feel bad about cuz I they didn't do anything. They didn't but. do much and hey, if they were actually a goat, you know, they don't really know what's happening. Um yeah. but the problem now is that this is making a lot of noise as and leaf is actually um bleating and buying in mm. uh in uh not in agony, but like upset and anxious and scared. And that might attract the attention of the figures in the clearing who are, you know, who are the ones you're trying to meet. Um, would you like to do something about this or would you like to let it happen? Uh, I think what I'm going to do about it is try to as quickly as possible sneak around Leaf so that like I can like get on the other side of them. Okay. So that like when it comes. So that when the time comes, um, I can basically. My hope is that this does attract the attention of the other club members. Okay, because okay. I'm sticking to my plan of like hanging around the like hanging around the crowd, so that when the crowd comes to investigate Leaf, I can I can just sort of be among them, and be like, "What is what's this? Wacky night is happening. Well, let's get back to our club. I I love it. Uh, so this seems like another challenge. Oh, and yep. remember, just a reminder: at any point, you can use uh, your best friend uh, once in the semester uh, to re-roll um, any number of dice that you have. Rolled. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, perfect. So uh, I think this is another challenge of two adventure roll. So you start with one die. Do you want to spend anything? Uh, I am definitely going to, uh, let's see, I am going to 
not spend. I've got to get two successes. Yep. I'm definitely going to uh, use magic, but not a curse. Okay. Because there is a uh, there is sort of this old trick spell that like I picked up on that like I found in a spell book that I thought was really important, and it is called uh, Face Without a Body. Okay. okay. And basically, the, basically, it's a tiny little. It's like a. It's a. It's a cantrip of a spell that basically makes it. So that, like, somebody that sees you says, oh, I know your face from somewhere. Oh. I can't pinpoint from where. But it just ha- it puts that thought in their mind of, like, oh, I know, you're, I know you from somewhere. Because I'm hope again, if I'm hoping if I'm in the crowd, all, like, all I have to do is just kind of be like, yeah, you see me around. Nice. I'm, I'm in the crowd. Yeah, it's, this is a tiny cantrip that was used during the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. And so Luxem actually pointed you to that spell. Yep. Uh, because you said she, she grew up in, like, medieval Paris or something, right? So during yeah. the French Revolution, you know, she's lived centuries. Or, sorry, she's been dead centuries. Um, she, she heard of the spell. So perfect. Uh, it's a rare and interesting yet simple cantrip, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, oh, a tiny little detail about Luxem is that she's definitely just, like, carrying her head in her hand i love she, it she crossed paths with a guillotine and but like in that kind of ghostly like gleeful ghost kind of way she like holds her sever she holds her head in her hand but there's no blood or anything and periodically she kind of just like tosses it to the other side and like I, tosses her head from hand to hand i love it very headless luxum okay mm-hmm. uh so now you have two dice um you need both of them to succeed so give me a roll all right that is no success, but I'm going to ask Luxem okay. to uh, to take to, to join me in this. I'm going to say, Luxem, here's the plan. If this doesn't work, I need you. I need you in the crowd as well because you know Luxem is a little more popular than me, so it would make a little more yeah, sense if people saw her. Everyone knows and likes Luxem. She's the town. She's the college gossip, right? Everyone mm-hmm. likes that. Okay, so you've used up your best friend power for the game. Yep, um, love it. So uh, you can re-roll both of them. All right, I just did, and I got my two successes. Perfect. Uh, so uh, describe the spell. Uh, I think the spell is is quite literally. Um, I take some. I take some dirt from the ground. I rub it between my fingers. I um, and what you do is like you rub it as you whisper this tiny little like incantation. And what you do is you is is with the dirt in your fingers. You rub it until it's sort of a very fine powder. And you put the tiniest beauty mark oh, right on your cheek. Oh, nice! And that beauty mark is the is people go. Oh yeah, the be. Oh, I recognize that the beauty. beauty I mark. recognize that beauty mark. Yeah, I recognize you. Why do I know? You? And then you have that chance to be like, oh, I'm in, I'm in the club. I haven't really done anything, but I'm 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 around. I love it. And and since you asked Luxem for help, she gives you a little tiny like correction to the spell mm-hmm. that means you yep. do it exceptionally well. Um. So yeah, you get into the crowd, and uh, so handsome Jack seems to be like commanding of attention. He turns around and he's like, "What's all that noise?" And he notices, you know, Leaf is there, and there are all these birds. And handsome Jack's like, "Oh no, it's that sheep person. Ugh, we don't want them here." And he uh, takes out his um, wand. Uh, describe mm-hmm. your rival's wand for me. Oh, the hit. Um. His wand is very good. Oh. It is this old kind of like ornately carved like cherry wood wand. It is it is um 
kept in immaculate condition. It just looks like it has a sense of history to it. Okay. But it is also, like, pristine in quality. It just, it has this very vintage flair to it that just looks so, so cool, and I hate it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So he he uh, whispers a few um, arcane words. Um, I'm gonna say Jack is uh, um, Jack is Lebanese, so he mm-hmm. uses a special type of Arabic magic that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know. So he whispers some like old Arabic words, and these uh, mm-hmm. bubbles erupt from the tip of his wand. They lazily float to where the birds are, then they pop, and this greenish miasma comes out of them. The birds. Um, squawk and fly away, and Leaf passes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 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 out they're out like a light. It's right. just real real dramatic faint, right? Like ah, and just down exactly. Down and and Jack's like, we'll deal with them later. So Jack turns to the crowd. He his eyes uh, rake over all of you. He sees you, but because you did this spell so well. It not only is it that people who don't know you will be like, oh, I've seen you somewhere, but people who do know you will just be like, who are mm-hmm. you? I know I've seen you somewhere. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It renders it renders you to all people, whether you know them or not, with the exception of ghosts, because they have magic. They have right. sight beyond sight, right. naturally. Right. Uh, but it, it renders you as it renders you as that level of you're familiar, and I don't know how. Right, and so he's like, okay, um, he, he looks past, he's like, oh, you must be some other student who I haven't met yet, I'm too important to know every student. Um, uh, so he looks at him, he's like, perfect, and he he, he starts this uh, speech, he's like, okay, so uh, to be part of this club, uh, remember, everyone here is like 17 years old, um, so they're like twerpy. Um, no offense to any 17-year-olds listening to this podcast. No, uh, I, look, I, I get I, I get it. I was 17 once. <laughs> so he says, okay, everyone, did you uh, bring the evidence of your magical mastery that I asked for? And everyone's like nodding sagely and, and like, yeah, yeah, we brought these. And he calls up uh, students one by one. And... Uh, each student shows off a really fancy, flashy spell. And the you notice that these spells are all spells that you have not learned in your mm-hmm. classes. Um, and then it's going to come to your turn. You have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you don't have to do a spell. You, you can do something and pretend it's a spell. But what would you do in this situation? Uh, I think what I would do is kind of step up and, like, you know, uh, adjust my suit sleeves a little bit. Like, uh-huh. roll them up, which you don't really do with suit sleeves, but they're a little bit too long. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to have to. I step up and, like, crack my knuckles and say, okay, I am going to perform a little bit of a historical ritual, as uh, this is sort of my specialty, you know, right, I, right. I kind of give this slightly long-winded, uh, this long-winded sort of coffee room anecdote, right? This is this is parlor anecdote. As I am holding this zombie root in my hands, and I'm rubbing it in between my hands, and I'm kind of, like, warming it up with my hands, because the thing about zombie root is that, you know, it can resuscitate the dead, but it can also, like, if you, if you, if you treat it just right, and you kind of, like, scrape off a little bit of that skin, and you, and you basically, like take a nice long whiff of it when it is at its warmest you take a long whiff of the skin 
it can uh it can produce the effects of of being dead okay you know okay. It, it goes both ways so i'm warming it in my hands and i'm telling this story about like an escape artist who had to cheat the grim reaper and like i'm telling this elaborate story and i say and just when just when Madame Death reached out her bony hand, yeah. the escape artist said, And now, my greatest trick, I'm going to beat you to the punch, and I whiff the zombie root, enacting, the, enacting what, is called, what is called the curse of death before death. And I, I, love I that. fall over. I fall over, seeming like a dead body. I love it. And How everybody's many, like, What, what, what did, just happened? What? And did you fail? No, no, no! I'm just everybody is panicking because oh. I just appear to have died. I and love then, that. Like, I love that. That's really later, cool. So I'm gonna with start the idea you that off a moment with later. I spring to my feet and like, haha! I, that's amazing. I'm gonna start you off with two dice, one for Great. standard, and one because that was really cool. Uh, you are using magic, definitely. You're using the zombie mm-hmm. root. That's three dice. Did you use stability on this? Uh, I'm gonna use one point of stability. I am also I am also using the curse of death before death. So it's so another one. That. Perfect. So that's, so that's gonna be five, five dice. dice. I've got to get two or three. Uh, I'm gonna say this is still this isn't like impossible difficult. This is still standard difficulty. So okay. go ahead. Four successes. Okay, so you flawlessly pull this off, and <sighs> in fact, you're so you like you even quickly exchanged a knowing look with um, Luxem. So when it happens, Luxem starts squealing appropriately with the right mm-hmm. tone, and when you get back up, she's like, "Oh my, oh my, however did you do that?" And the two of you, her cheerleading, and your actual flair for this uh, for the zombie root manipulation, and people are applauding you and they start coming up to you and talking in fact some people have started ignoring handsome jack oh yeah that's good that's real good um so that is the end of this midnight adventure what happens after the initiation is you realize that this is a meeting to um uh, determine who handsome jack is next going to date hmm Okay. Um, so he was holding this sort of like secret rich, uh, secret um, club to be like, who is worthy of being dated by me? That is incredible. Um, so um, now at the end of the Midnight Adventure, we determine, was, do you think this uh, adventure was a success? Did you achieve your goal that, that you had, um, Alistair? I think I did. I think Alistair, Alistair wanted to get in on this club, whatever it was, uh-huh. wanted to get in on the hot happening. And I think not only did he do it, I think that he doesn't have a date with Handsome Jack. But this sort of nameless stranger that with the flair for the dramatic has a date lined up. <laughs> and I think that, yeah, I think that, which is going to be tricky because it means I'm going to have to reapply, going to have to reapply, <laughs> uh the face without a body and sort of keep 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 being mysterious because nice. i think handsome jack is like you just have this energy that i feel like i've no i feel like i know you but <laughs> i don't know you at all and it's it's very intriguing he's also a little jealous that everyone's paying you attention and not him yep. so he's like okay if i attach myself to this person attention will come back to me um yes perfect so because we both agree that this it was a success you get two points of substance 
right. You learned a lot this adventure. Now, using your three-point substance is the next phase. Uh, now is the studying phase of your first night, mm. um, where you have to study and and write. Um, so, uh, so we are in a. Uh, Part uh, three, uh, it's called Crunch Time. So now mm-hmm. you make a writing roll. Uh, writing roll starts with zero dice. You have to spend substance to gain any dice. But as long as you get at least one success, you will gain one point of progress. Okay. I'm going to spend, yeah, I'm going to spend the two points of substance that I had. Okay. Or that I gained here, putting okay. me back down to one substance. Yep. So give me a roll. No, no successes. Okay, so you're so flush with your, like, cool evening that, and, like, all these people are chatting with you. They hold on to you a bit longer. In fact, Leaf even wakes up and they come to you and they're like, what happened and stuff? That by the time you get to your room, you open a book and you literally fall face flat Mm -hmm. onto it and fall fast asleep. I look at it the next morning and it's just doodles. It's just like doodles and heart, like name, like initials in hearts, except my initials are question marks because I don't have a name yet. And I'm like, <laughs> and one we'll of them says, because you know you're going to go on a date with Handsome Jack, but one of them says HJ question mark and then cross, cross, cross. <laughs> um, because you don't yes, actually like good. him that much. Um, great. Okay, so that was your first day. Your second day um, after class, would you like to sleep, study, or socialize? Uh, Re- I think... Sleep, remember, think gives after... you stability. Study gives you substance. And socialize may give you stability. I think I'm going to have to study. I think I didn't get the progress that I wanted in my... I didn't get the progress that I wanted in my uh, in my paper last right, night. right. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hit the books today. Love it. So you gain one point of substance. So you have All right. two. And um, because you, you know you did a lot of curses last night, you're hit by some inspiration about illegal curses in Salem, mm-hmm. and so that uh, informs some of the research you do, and you gain some substance. All right. Um, okay. Uh, it is now uh, uh, another midnight. So a time for another uh, midnight adventure. Um, I'm gonna say tonight. Um, okay, tonight is, tonight is a a special, um, anniversary of the founding of the university, okay? Mm. And they say that the, the, the night the university is founded, the ghost of the first headmistress, Shweta Mayagiri, whose portrait is actually in the game, she is awesome and has a familiar that's a cobra um she was also a professor it's a beautiful of crypt- picture. she was also a professor of crypto botany it's a beautiful picture i'm looking uh, at it right now oh yeah uh, i loved my artist mj barros she's um she's really cool um so uh th- it's said that her ghost emerges at this night and whoever can find the ghost and ask the ghost for like a, a boon or a blessing or something that they will um ace all their exams the first semester is what is said uh yeah right for sure uh you ask around a bit even luxem has never met the ghost of the head first headmaster she she has met the first headmaster you know Mm -hmm. shweta was there when when the school was when luxem was a student uh sorry was when luxem died um but she has never met the ghost so it's gonna be a little bit challenging 
Mm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, so it's nearly midnight, and you know that at midnight, the ghost can appear, and they say the ghost only shows up for... I mean, they're conflicting stories. Some of them say 10 minutes. Some of them say 30 minutes. Some of them say, no, she will show up for an instant and vanish. But you do mm-hmm. know that if she shows up, it'll be for a short time. Sure, sure, sure. I've only got I've only got one moment. For, I've only got one moment to make this happen. Right. Um, so you have two leads. I'm using my table of locations again. Um, you have the office of the visiting professor, the cursed professor, um, mm-hmm. and you can go uh, to um, one of the storage rooms in the basement. Which of these locations would you like to go to? I think I'm gonna head to the the cursed professors. I have re- I, I I have reason to be in there after hours as I am studying for I am also studying for this curse exam. Right, right, perfect. But I think more than that, I have another plan that I want to do before I do that. Yeah, and I think sure. It is the most important aspect of this plan is to make sure that I find the ghost, mm. but also that no one else <laughs> finds the ghost. Okay, so how are you um, doing this? I have just the curse to make this happen. Love it. Okay. Uh, uh, it is, there's an old proverb, there's an old proverb, okay. no one knows who has said it, but there's a curse, associated, but what people don't know is that it, it actually comes from this curse. Okay. It is the curse of interesting times. Oh, yeah, may you live in interesting live in times. interesting times. It is the curse of interesting times. Love it. Uh, what it does is, if you cast it, what it does is it's sort of... It's dangerous. It's a dangerous sort of chaos curse, and that stuff just happens. I love it. it. It is unpredictable. There's no. There's no saying what the end result is. It just. It means that while the curse is sort of underway, and it's sort of you. You draw a circle, and while that circle is sort of like enacted, uh huh, shit's just wild. I there's just love people it. are people's lives are consumed in drama. People are waking up to find their significant others like cheating, and people are, are are revealing secrets to each other, and it just makes things interesting while this curse is alive. I love it. Would you like to do it in a specific part of the school? Because probably too big to do in the entire school. Uh, I will actually do it. I think in the storage rooms. I think that's a good place to sort of hide it. Perfect. Um, so describe how the the spell looks, and then cast it for me with your dice for an adventure. Roll. Uh, it is a, a a salt circle sort of summoning rune. I love it. It requires a lot of like intricate uh, intricate like ancient Chinese characters. I love it. And it it's all sort of performed with sort of uh, rock salt specifically. Like it's not it's not that sort of fine table salt. It has to be that big coarse. Like, I like you know, it. The kind of thing that can melt snow because it sort of melts away the sort of natural order of things. I love it. And in fact, as the curse is proceeding, like the time limit of the curse is determined. So as the curse proceeds, parts of the symbols start melting Mm -hmm. away and the curse ends when all of the salt has melted away. That's so good. Yes, that's fantastic. I love it. I love that. Okay. So you, um, because it's very intricate... Um, you know, Luxem kind of helps. I mean, she can't really hold things, but yeah. she helps you with some of the small details. Um, she can she can gently move certain grains of salt mm-hmm. with concentration, so she does that a bit. Uh, perfect. Uh, so you cast you you draw the runes in salt. Make me uh, an adventure roll. You start with two dice, one uh, sorry three dice. That's one for using magic, one for using a curse on your class, 
and one uh, to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. Also, this is a good excuse for you to be in that professor's office. You could just be like, oh, this curse just happened. I wanted some help figuring it out. Yeah, um, that's solid. I and like would you lot. like to use some stability? You have two stability left. Note, if your stability goes down to zero, you become so stressed that you may lose some substance. Uh, I think I'm going to just roll with a three. I think I can get. I think I can get two successes off of this three. But, okay, I'm gonna say because this is a little harder. It's a powerful yep. spell. This is gonna call. Uh, this is gonna require three successes to pull off properly. In that case, yeah, I'm gonna spend this one point of subs. I'm gonna spend this one point of stability. Okay, you have one stability left, uh, and you have four dice. So go. And if you fail, a magical mishap can happen unless you use your Mangu Heka Indrajala um, to undo that. So go ahead, roll your well, four dice. Uh, I got two successes on my four dice. So I think rather than have a magical mishap, I am going to uh, I am gonna use my Mangu Heka and Indrala. Uh, uh, trait or uh, my knowledge yes. from class. Yeah, so that's perfect. So normally, this if this curse goes wrong really badly, um, horrible things can happen. But it is an ancient Chinese curse, and you know you've been taking this class on on foreign kinds of magic. So you, as a freshman, rarely do actually combine the knowledge of multiple classes in a fruitful way. And you manage to stop a magical mishap. However, uh, the spell has because it was a failure. The spell didn't go. So, the, so like the spell did fail. So something does happen. It's just not a huge magical mishap. In that, while you are um, drawing the runes, you take too long trying to stop the magical mishap from happening. That someone enters the room you're in. Um, mm -hmm. This is. Let's see. Okay. Ebenezer Whittlebottle is uh, oh, a good. junior who is the president of the Pixie Preservation Club. Mm -hmm. Sure. And they always wear flowing robes, and they're, they're an alchemy specialist, and they always mm -hmm. stink of garlic and wet dog. Yep, yep, yep. So as you're I, making... I smell them before. The, I smell them well before I oh, see Oh, exactly. Them. So you're like, oh, no. And Ebenezer walks in and sees you, and he is like, oh, oh, Alistair, are you looking for the ghost as well? Oh, my God, let me join you. Let me join you. Maybe we can find the ghost together and, like, uh, plops <laughs> himself next to you. Oh, okay. Sure, I was... Yes, this was... Uh... Well, I was I was hoping to uh, buy us uh, buy us some time, but um, and I am going to uh, this is a this is another this is, I've picked up a lot of curses as people have sort of done them to me, right? But this is another curse that was done to me uh -huh. early on uh -huh. as I was rattling I was rattling on about the about the latest issue of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, right? Right. Uh, I was rattling on about it to someone, and they hit me with, uh, it is the, it is the, the curse of, uh, the curse of the devil's checklist. Okay. What it is, is, you know, there's an old story, you know, the, all, all of these stories about the devil with his book of souls, right? right with right. The, with the, 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 the coming to Salem and collecting names. The thing is, they're always described, it's always described as a ledger. Okay. It is always described as, like, this big professional book. And a lot of what a lot of, like, 
uh, people who have studied this particular aspect of, of these folklore stories realized is ledgers have a lot of other aspects. They right. have a lot of other pieces. So the Devil's Checklist is literally like a daily to-do list. The Curse of the Devil's Checklist makes you remember... Or remember, or in incepts some some tiny little thing that you have to do right now, I right love at it. this I love very it. moment. And so, like, if you do the curse just right, it's like, oh no, my laundry's in the dryer at this very moment. I love and it. And you have to like run back to your door. Okay, so um, I like that a lot. Um, you have one magic die, one regular die, and I'm gonna give you one bonus die because that's kind of fun. And I'm going to take my cursed die as well, yep. putting me up to yeah, five die. dice. And I'm going to roll no stability. I think I've got this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is standard difficulty two, so. That is four successes. Oh, so uh, as, like, y- you get Luxem to, like, distract him by just say, asking him a, a question. I, I have a suggestion if that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did we say? What did we say their first name was? Um, Their first name is Ebenezer. Ebenezer. The thing about Ebenezer that makes this uh, curse particularly effective is they actually, because they're the the treasurer of the Pixie Preservation Society, uh-huh, their uh-huh. to do list is already super long. So like it basically they they like, basically makes them go like, oh no I oh no I have fourteen different things I got to do. Right. So he's, he's like, oh no I have to do all the paperwork and oh no I have to clip the pixie's nose hairs today. It's my turn and he screams <laughs> yep. and runs out of the room. Um, perfect. So now you don't have time to finish the chaos, uh, the interesting yep. times curse. So you probably have to run to the the office of the professor. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to run straight there. And I think I don't even think I'm gonna be able to really count on magic or curses or anything. I think it's just gonna be running in. You know, it's gonna have to be just my natural charm of like, oh, I'm supposed to be here because I'm picking up some papers. I was supposed to have uh, some pre-exam stuff that I needed to pick up and study. I'm very stressed. I'm new here. I'm a freshman. Love it. So it, it is midnight, remember. So you run and you find that the door is strangely open. As though, like, he doesn't care about locking his door. As though, hmm, he's a professor of curses. Does he mm-hmm. need locks? Um, and But inside the office, uh, you see his two um, pet toads. They're sitting mm-hmm. on, on pedestals, and they're swearing at each other. They're like, they always quarrel viciously. They just say, like, your mother was a goat. Well, you didn't have a mother. You were born from the poop of a glowbird. Um, and they're just like... Screaming at each other and swinging each other. You also notice, because the ghost hasn't appeared yet, that on the table is a particular controversial text mm-hmm. that shouldn't actually be there. Um, and you can see that from the threshold of the office, mm-hmm. um, which you have not entered yet, uh, because the door is suspiciously wide open. Um, so, what would you like to do? Uh, I oh, am first, going first. to... Tell me, what is this controversial text that is there? Uh, this controversial text is, uh, it is actually, it is a paper that was basically, like, banned from the school mm. for a lot of, like, it was banned from the school, and the controversial text in specific is, it's gonna sure. be, um, Vex, Vex Maleficent. Okay. Vex Maleficent is actually, the paper is specifically on... Uh, 
it is on the realities of ESP and psychic phenomena, uh, which is bunk, which is nonsense. Psychic psychic powers are, are ridiculous. Uh, they are the work of science fiction, and we will not have them at, a, at an institution of higher Yeah, learning. and so for, for a visiting scholar to have that is very controversial. Um, and yeah. they're like, wait, are you really paying attention to that? Okay, so you have not entered the room yet. You see this text. You see the quarreling toads. It's a, <laughs> it's a pretty generic office because it uh, changes owner every semester with mm-hmm. different professors. So there aren't a lot of like accoutrements around except for the toads and some books. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you like to do? Uh, I think what I'm going to do is um, I am going to... Well, everything has worked out very nicely because I think I'm going to be able to bust out another curse. I think I've got. I think I've got another curse here to, to bust out. Okay. And that is the. Uh, that is the. It is actually a curse that I'm going to put on myself. Oh. It is a, it is okay. a controlled curse that I'm going to put on myself. It is the. Uh, it is the curse of common ground. Okay. It is a. It is a, a ritual. It is. It, it and part of then it's. What it is, is it is generally designed to uh, bring somebody onto your side in an argument. Okay. What it does is you cast the curse on a target, right? You cast it on a target while, like, two people, or while you, theoretically while you are arguing, or while you are arguing with another person. Okay. You cast it on a third party. What the curse does is it curses that person to have some innate quality to their being okay. that is just infuriating and repulsive to both you and your and your other person. Okay. So that the two of you are able to find common ground and just going, oh, I hate that. Isn't that so annoying? Yeah. And I also saw them do this. But I'm going to but I'm going to curse it. On myself. Okay, which means the toads will find common the ground toads against you. will find you. common ground with me, get so mad at me, that they will come at me to scream at me, through, come at me to, to argue with me, crossing the door, the, the threshold of the door, activating nice. whatever curse trap is inevitably put here, so that I can come through, I can come through perfectly I, I love that. Okay, that, you're casting on yourself, so it's easier, so it's just a difficulty too. Um... Uh, because I would say that's a complex, cool curse, mm-hmm. but you're doing it on yourself, so like whatever. Um, okay, so you start with three dice because mm-hmm. you're using magic and a curse. Go ahead, and if you want to use right. stability, you have one point left. So I'm that gonna is hold on to that dangerous. one point of stability. I'm gonna definitely hold on to that one point of stability as I yep. make this roll. Yep. Go ahead. Oh, that's one success. This is a magical mishap, oh, and this no. seems like real bad. Okay, so you curse yourself. And instantly, every object in that room hates you. Yep. So the toads jump and, like, leap at you. The table upends itself and flies at you. The books all fly out of the shelves and rush towards you. Um, And everything that's rushing out the door, the, the toads are the first affected. So as they pass through the door, um, they turn to stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything else just pops the door and starts chasing you down the hallway. You and Luxem, uh, like like the books are literally ripping themselves apart and their pages are rolling into balls and being pelted at you. The bookshelf is just trying to like clobber you. Um, and we're going to end uh, the night, uh, the scene with that. Yep. I'm, I'm going to say, as you run, you do get a brief glimpse of... Of some pale figure in the room that you were sure wasn't there to begin with, um, but 
you can't really focus on that as um, um, vengeful furniture starts chasing you across the school. Uh, and if I may add a detail, yeah. I have a very nice little touch. I think that what I think what I see is this sort of pale figure emerge, and like uh, they hold up a finger and fires darts, and they just slowly lower it towards this controversial psychic text, <laughs> which is nonsense. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, the first headmistress was a known critic of the of extrasensory perception and 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 sorts because she says that's what got the witch burnings to happen. Like people mm-hmm. just believed they had these weird powers which don't exist. Um, I love it. Okay, so that's the second night. Um, do you think that was a full success? No, I think that was not at all a success. Yeah. I think I gained. I think I gained no no uh, substance from that. Okay, I was gonna say that might be a partial success because you I'll did. Take, I'll s- take a partial. Yeah, because you did see the ghost. Um, um, and just as a as a game designer, the the thing I use to judge that is also how many successful rolls you made. Mm, okay. um, and you made like one successful roll, right? Um, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna say it's a partial success. So you only gain one point of substance. And um, is there a mechanical uh, thing that happens if I have zero substance? Uh, no. If you have zero substance, that just means you don't have stuff to work on. All the right. only well, thing that I'm really throwing... affects you is if you get if you get so stressed, you have zero stability. Then I'm throwing my I'm throwing all of my substance into this because I got I got to okay. get something. I'm real I'm real close to the end of the semester. Yeah. So you manage to um, get rid of the the furniture by throwing them onto like because other students are looking for the mm-hmm. ghosts. You like put them in your way. Um, and to, as human meat shields, but you manage to get back to your room and you manage, you're like, oh my God, I have to do some work. Maybe I shouldn't chase a ghost to ace my exam. Maybe I should just do work. Um, and yeah, so throw me your three, uh, All right. That is three successes. Okay. You gain one point of progress. One point of progress. Okay. Nice. Uh, it's going to be your third. Uh, so you, you manage to, um, you're like, Okay, okay, uh, ancient things, ancient crimes. And then you think about that controversial paper mm-hmm. you saw. And you're like, wait a minute. And you start, that sparks some research about, like, banned texts mm-hmm. and banned magic. Um, okay, the next day, uh, after class, um, you, you're very tired and a little bit bruised. Um, and you think your cursed professor gives you a funny look. But, you know, whatever. Um, do you want to sleep, study, or socialize? You have one stability uh, you have zero substance, and you have one progress. I should probably sleep. I'm a little tired. <laughs> it's been it's been a rough couple days. <laughs> okay, uh, you take a nap. You gain one point of um, stability, so you have two stability. Okay, it is your final night. It is your final midnight mission, and I'm going to say, I'm not going to use one of the table missions. I'm going to say tonight is your date. It is date. for sure. I was, I was, if you hadn't said that, I probably would have asked <laughs> you to change it. <laughs> yep. You have your date with Handsome Jack. Uh, and let me pick a location that I will not tell you mm-hmm. until he takes you there. Uh, oh, okay. Let's do that. That's suitably romantic. Okay. Um... So, it is before midnight. Uh, is Luxem going to come with you? Remember, Luxem can turn invisible. Yes, I think Luxem is absolutely there because I think she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to coach me on how to be, like, seductive. And I'm just, <laughs> like, I think what I'm doing specifically is, like, overthinking. And I'm like, but what if I said this? Because, you know, last time we met, 
Last time we met, he said I was mysterious. So what if I just answered every question with, it's a mystery. And she's like, that's completely, that's completely, don't do that. Just please, I ask you as your friend, don't do that. I've been around uh, a century or so, a few centuries. That is not the way that's to woo someone. not going to work. I'm just going to tell you that. It's not good. So I think I think she's basically going to like Cyrano de Bergerac me and like throw me lines <laughs> in my like whiz, ghost whisper them in my ear periodically. Love it, love it. Yeah, and she's invisible, so that's the advantage of having a ghost best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, the disadvantage is when you graduate, she will never be able to leave the castle. Yep. So you know, oops. Yeah, um, it's gonna and it's gonna get. It's here's the thing. We we could we could probably be friends after college, but it would involve us ha- involve me having to be like the grown up going back to the college campus and hanging around, yeah. which is also weird. You'd be that kind of a love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, do you want to make any preparations for the date? Remember, you currently look exactly like yourself. I have to. I have to prep this. I have to prep the curse of a face without a body, and I have to. You can do that. You can even try another method. You can uh, try wearing a mask or something if you like. Uh, you know what? I actually think uh, I really like. I really like wearing the mask, particularly because uh, in one of our, in one of my uh, like extracurriculars which is the yeah which is the artificer society we've been studying some magical yeah. items and i happen to know in their back room there is this uh this enchanting mask that just sort of like you look at it and you can't quite look away from it okay so okay. i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna like stop in there because i have a meeting before that i have a meeting just before this so i'm gonna kind of stop in there yeah. i'm gonna you know, borrow. I'm gonna check out, fill out the paperwork to check out this sort of enchanting mask. And they're very, they're very happy to because um, you showed off such a cool zombie spell mm-hmm. um, that some of them are like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, you? I'm like, I just need this for for the afternoon or for the evening. Perfect, perfect. And it is a right of the members of the club to check out yeah, equipment. For sure. So perfect okay so uh what does the mask look like uh i'm picturing kind of a uh i'm picturing kind of a phantom of the opera mask a little bit except maybe like maybe a little bit maybe it's i think both eyes instead of one eye so it's kind of that like um that opera mask and i think it has i think it is um black with like white kind of marble like marble crackling oh it's definitely made of marble like it's definitely marble with like that marble it's very heavy then Uh, it's actually impossibly light it almost feels like it almost feels like you could break it and yet like you squeeze it and it does not budge like it is impossibly hard but impossibly light and it's just like i said you hold it and you hold it in you hold it and just like light seems to get trapped in it and form more of these white marble crackles Nice. So the marble crackles are kind of like forming and fading and moving and giving it kind nice. of like a twilight effect. Like it's got like some sparkles, some twilight action going on in it. I love that. So you don't really have a really nice wardrobe, but you only have these oversized suits, but you have this mask. So that's like your your statement accessory. Um, and so you put it on. Um, um, you have Luxem whispering encouragement to you in uh, in your ear. Uh, it feels a bit chilly because Luxem is standing in, cre- in like very close to you. Uh, and you see uh, handsome Jack, and yes, he's your rival, but he is uh, undoubtedly incredibly God, handsome. He's cute. He is wearing he's so cute. a He's wearing a like a, a a raw silk kind of uh, robe that's translucent, showing mm-hmm. off his body underneath. 
um, and he's wearing these like uh, these fancy tailored Italian britches. Uh, and he's very sexy, mm-hmm. and his wand is like floating next to him, and his like the moonlight from the window is literally gleaming off of his six pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have you make an adventure roll. The difficulty of this is actually low. It's okay. one because you have this item uh, to see um, if he recognizes you or like if this mask and everything has the effect and whether or not you can pull off the the awkward thing of pretending not to be yeah, you because sure. he does know you. Um, so go ahead and make me an adventure roll with a difficulty of one. Would that be... And you could you are using magic because you're using the mask, but it is not a curse. Yep. So you start with two and dice, I'm gonna spend and if you want to spend... One of my stability. Okay. Spend one of my stability here to bump it up to three dice. Okay. And I'm glad I did, because I got exactly one success. Perfect. Uh, so he is enchanted by your mask. Like he's... You know how people say eyes up here? Mm-hmm. His eyes are only up yeah. there. Like that's all he can look at. Um, but he, as he's staring at you, he gives you his arm and you can hook it in his. And he leads you up the stairs to uh, one of the towers that doesn't have any classrooms or any common uh, rooms that you use that you know of in it. He leads you upstairs um, onto a crenellated roof. Cool. Uh, it's it's really lovely, except that at one end there's a clothesline, and hanging from it are what you think are the um, one of the watchman's mm. laundry because you can recognize some of his shabby clothing. Um, and you stand on this roof and you look out, and the sky is glorious and starry, and the moon is full and wonderful. And tell me, what mysterious sight do you spy way off in the distance? Oh, uh, it is actually. I didn't even realize it was tonight, but it's actually mm-hmm. the first night of dragon migration. Ah. The dragons are the dragons are moving from sort of the northern colder mountain are moving from sort of the more northern colder mountains to sort of the uh, like subtropical mountains and like sort of the more tropical mountain ranges in this in the in the southern hemisphere, right? Allowing right. them to sort of sunbathe and sort of relax in the summer months. Um, so it is, and so we are seeing this beautiful, like, gold dragon just swore, like, and all, and it's so far away that the only thing we're seeing is just, like, sparkles. Almost like you're seeing a plane blinking in the distance, and it's just sparkles of golden scales. It looks gorgeous. The moonlight is sparkling yep. off its scales. Every once in a while, because it's a little windy, a flap of, like, a, p- a pair of long underwear interrupts this beautiful sight. Um, but apart from that, it looks really lovely. And in that lovely moment, your arch rival with really handsome features, but who is awful and pompous, tries to move in to kiss mm. you. And if he kisses you, you worry that the mask, the cloaking effect of the mask may um, be bypassed by him kissing you. Uh, um, yeah, I know exactly what I'm going to do then. I am going to, okay. uh, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to curse him with, uh... <laughs> I love how your character has become this, like, curse fiend. Mm-hmm. Just, I've learned, like, I've have... learned nothing. And the thing is, they're all just real petty. Like, I've learned no, yeah. like, nobody's, nobody's coughing up ash, nobody is, like, nobody's fam, nobody's crops are withering on the vine, just... Yeah, it's just petty things. I love how, uh, we have had so much character development, i.e. you have become a curse yep. expert. <laughs> okay, so what are you doing? Uh, I am 100% going to, going to cast, uh, Torvald's Tangled Tongue 
which uh, oh. is which is basically like um, you, you try to express a sentiment and it comes out as as garbled gibberish. <laughs> okay. And I think specifically uh, like because I because I know that he's going to lean in and whisper in my ear like, "May I kiss you?" And uh-huh. I think so. So the dude leans and he's like. <laughs> love it okay uh go ahead and you start with three yep. dice because it's a magic and a curse that is two successes perfect that is fine so you um this is a very subtle curse you can do it without a lot of people noticing mm-hmm. how does it look uh i think what it does i think what it looks like is i it's a very subtle verbal curse because it's like mm-hmm. I basically say, uh, "Cat got your tongue," but I say it like I say it like <laughs> the letters have been jumbled, so it's something like uh, "tactog," "tactog," or like "unguat." I love it, and you have to have the inflection and the tones just yeah. right. It has to it has um. to sound a bit like "Cat got your tongue." That's going to be audacity magic. It's going to be audacity magic later. It's going to be great. There's a complex curse, but you study foreign magic. So you know that tonal languages, you know, are powerful. Mm-hmm. So you use those, that knowledge in your Hekamangu and Indrajala uh, class. And you cast the curse perfectly. And he's, he's like leaning over to try and ask you for permission to kiss him. And he's like, uh, bleh, 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 and then he looks perplexed because... This is such a subtle curse that he didn't even feel that he mm-hmm. was cursed. He's just like, what? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I, uh, he looks really perplexed. He's like, um, I, I, I mean, uh, what? Uh, huh? I think I smile real wide and I say, oh, are you flustered about something? Is there something that I've done that has <laughs> gotten under your skin, darling? <laughs> uh, and he, he, he like pauses takes a deep breath in and is about to open his mouth, say something, when you hear this, like, shriek and from the open trap door that leads to this roof, uh, a winged red imp, like, shoots out, uh, chased by a plump, bespectacled redhead boy who's like, no, no, come back, come back! And this demon that you recognize the demon is um, flapping around the roof. Um, what's a handsome Jack is thrown off guard. He reaches for his wand, tries to say a spell, but the curse that you've cast on him is preventing mm-hmm. him from doing magic. Uh, and this, this bespectacled freshman is circling this demon. This demon is gleefully chuckling, and you notice the demon is holding a valuable object what is it uh the demon is holding a uh it is uh a tarask tooth it is one of the few oh. it is one of the few fossilized records we have left of evidence of the tarask it is this sort right. of barbed serrated knife looking tooth and and like it doesn't have any necessarily magical qualities but it is just this uh-huh. rare archaeological find that points right. to the evidence of this larger-than-life creature from a time it, before. It is, in fact, it is one of the treasures of the Toad Tongue Campus mm-hmm. Museum. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and why this demon has it? Who this is? The kid is a freshman that yeah. you know. Uh, their name is um, Lee Bin. Yep, yep. And I, it's like, um, yeah, that's, that seems like, that seems like, this all seems like something Lee would have, would have gotten into. Yeah, totally. Um, Lee is, uh, so people, he doesn't look it, 
because he's like plump and doesn't look very athletic, he's actually the captain of the broom racing team. That checks out. Um, but he is very when it's weird because when he's not on the field, he's incredibly oh, yeah. clumsy. He's one of those. He's like he's a, he's one of those star athletes that brings it that bring that just like the the energy of the stadium brings out something in him that he cannot capture outside of that. That he exactly. He also has a, a third eye on his cheek. Mm, okay. Um, that you know winks at people inappropriately. It's actually all it's, the it's time. actually honestly kind of a little hot because it, it gives you that like flirty <laughs> it gives you that flirty wink and because you know that he's an athlete it catch it just it flusters you in just that right way it it, it admittedly kind of does it love it so he's chasing this demon uh you have handsome jack trying to like do a spell but he can't and now he's gonna suspect that he got cursed um uh, uh very very soon my, my grand no denouement nervous. moment is right now i'm going to yeah. take off the mask I'm going to oh. uh, reveal my identity dramatically. I'm going to toss it to Handsome Jack, putting the enchanting mask that all eyes will be upon it upon Jack. I'm going oh. to smile and say, you don't have to say. The The oldest proverb in the book is actually not one from a witch. It's just that you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the smallest person. And I... <laughs> Casting attention onto onto handsome Jack, I'm gonna get out of here. Nice. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say that's actually not that hard. <laughs> and this, yep. case, this is a one difficulty. Like this is not that difficult. You just put the mask on him quickly and then just yep. run. Um, and there's so much chaos already, and and Luxem can help you, so it's fine. Okay, so one difficulty challenge. You have one die. Do you want to use any magic uh, or stability? Uh, I am absolutely going to. Uh, oh, you are using magic. It is the mask. So I am also going to use my last point of stability. Oh, no, okay. no, I'm going to keep it. Go at, I'm going to keep it at two dice. I think I can get one one success on two dice and keep that one stability. As this is this okay. is my moment. Go ahead. Should have used should have used that one stability. Absolutely, oh, should have no. used that one stability. Okay, so um, you, okay, I'm gonna say you, you put the mask on him, but in the confusion uh, and all that's going on, the demon drops the tarask tooth off the roof, mm-hmm. and and um, handsome Jack has seen you. So he will be able to tattle mm, and say yeah. that you were involved in losing the Tarask yep, tooth. That's fine. Um, and I think But you managed to get away. I think the other detail is like there's so much chaos happening because there's a demon, Lee Bin is screaming. <laughs> no one hears my hears my very, very rehearsed uh Bon Ma. Just it's like You're very, my very, yeah. very rehearsed like zinger, no one hears a word of it. It's just like, what did you say? What? Oh, oh, you met, oh, you're that Love Alistair kid. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here with this. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Um, so, it sounds to me that this was a partial success. I would success. call this a partial success. Because you did succeed in humiliating your rival. You did go on the date. The only problem is he got back at you. Like, he, he can still, tattle about He still has one up on me. Right. So, partial success, you gain one point of substance. <clears throat> okay. Um, and now your final night of writing, mm-hmm. uh, you have only that one point left, so you can roll that for me. That is not a success. Okay. Now this is the final stretch. So normally you take an hour or two of sleep, 
but this part is now called uh, the final stretch. Um, you may attempt one more writing role. It's a bonus writing role. Mm -hmm. Normally, you can use any substance you have. You do not. However, you can make a sacrifice. So something that's valuable to your character can be sacrificed. So either you like uh, you sacrifice friendship with someone, or you know you just gained all the status from your friends by doing the zombie thing. You can somehow use that, uh, or something in some narrative way. You give up something that's valuable to you uh, and gain uh, another uh, writing role. You gain another die and another writing role if you want to do that. Uh, I would love to sacrifice my place in the club and basically, like, call in every favor that I have in, like, the moments before I am outed by Handsome Jack as, like, the perpetrator of this giant prank. I am literally just like, hey, could I, hey, could I pick your brain? I have this topic about, like, banned text. Could I, like, pick your brain for just a few moments? Just a few moments. Perfect. So you, you managed to bring in all these students. Uh, you, like somehow scramble to get them they're all they're really annoyed because it's really early and they're whatever so they're the social capital you gained from that zombie thing has completely gone they do not like you anymore but they do give you some information that's helpful so you get two extra dice to make a final writing roll all right let me make my final writing roll and i have uh so uh remind me um i forgot to you did did you or did you not succeed in the in this role just now uh, this was... B before the sacrifice. Uh, I did not succeed. Okay. So I have one progress. So go ahead. Yep, so go ahead. Alright, so I'm rolling three dice. Uh, you are rolling two dice. Two dice. Because you, you had... Yes. Alright. That is one success. Perfect. So you gain two progress. All right. Okay. Uh, so you do hand in something that's substantive to to your visiting I'm sorry to your professor of magical law uh, or from Salem to Greendale and beyond the law and order of magical practices mm -hmm. um, great so now it's the end of term uh, where you're gonna get your grade you're gonna get merits and you're gonna get an epilogue um, so uh, so your grade uh, there's a grading scheme in the in the game so first off you gained two points of progress so your letter grade is a C but because um, you had such a diversity of things I'm gonna boost it up to a C plus I'll take I will take a C plus right so that is the the, the GM's prerogative they can give you a plus or a minus sure um, okay now um, uh, you also get two merits from your students. It's a time-honored tradition uh, based on some of the things you did this semester. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see. Uh, the first merit you get is Cursemeister. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. Because it's it's become known that you're really, really good at curses. Um, and the second... The second uh, merit you get from your students that they vote is, um, hmm, I'm going to say it is zombie breath. Mm. Yeah, um, that sounds because, right. Because you did the whole zombie thing. Um, and you stopped him from kissing you, and some of the things are like, is it because you have zombie breath? Oh, uh, that's... But it, it, yep, that's good. It, it's not a completely um, derogatory thing, it's like a mixed thing. Yeah, some, some people use it mockingly, some people use it adoringly. It goes back and yep. forth. 
Yep. Okay, so we have two epilogues. I get one epilogue and you get another epilogue. My epilogue is based on your grade. Um, so uh, a D or an F results in a negative outcome. An A or a B results in a positive outcome. And a C results in a mixed outcome. Okay? So I'm going to say um, the epilogue at the end of the semester when the uh, professor of curses is like leaving there's like a farewell dinner uh that you get invited to because you're in his class uh he has heard that you a you've been doing really well in his class mm -hmm. like you're really good at curses and he's heard of uh you know because he's a young sexy visiting professor he, he talks with the students a lot more than the other professors so he's heard of all these things and he's really excited uh that you're so such a good student and that you have this wicked sense of fun that he gives you his card hmm. um for a summer internship all right i will take it that sounds like an uh, exciting opportunity uh, yeah, because he's going to go um, do some excavations in some ancient Mayan ruins, and you will be his curse-breaking apprentice. I'm, I, I am excited. I am excited for this opportunity. Uh, however, um, you were tattled on yep. as having been a part of losing one of the most valuable artifacts the university owns. Sure, yeah. Um, so... Uh, all the money you earn in the internship is going to go back into paying back the college. Yep. And basically, you will have to have a unpaid campus job every semester yep. to, like, work off your debt. And you will have student loans oh, uh, the, the, that when you graduate, realist, you're going to have to pay back. The realist curse. The harshest <laughs> curse. But, hey, you might get a good job when you graduate, I, right? I might have so. a good job lined up. So Perfect. So that is my um, epilogue. What is your epilogue about the end of term? And it doesn't have to be right at the end of term. It can be like after. It can be wherever you want temporally after near the end of term. Okay, so it's it's anything that I want it to be that is something. Yep. Uh, something in line, something mixed in line with getting a C in, in as my final. So you day. don't. So your role, you don't have to make it mixed. That okay. Is, I have to make my mix. You can do whatever is a fun ending to your story. What is my fun ending? I think I know my exact fun ending to the story. Yeah. I think it is that like the start of my sophomore year, the start of my second year, my start of my my next term. Um, I arrive. And thanks to Luxem's help, I have finally come to Luxem and said, okay, I'm ready. I am going, okay. I am going abroad and I need your help. I show <laughs> up the first day of my sophomore year in the most immaculately tailored, revolutionary <laughs> French style, like pompous, uh, uh, like aristocracy, like suit and tie. And I've got a top hat. And a coat with tails. Yes. And it's it, anywhere that's not like a wizard school, it would be right. too, it would be way too much. But now people are like, wow, Alistair got his look together. Did you see the <laughs> coat and tails? <laughs> that's my closing note is that I finally learned how to wear a suit that fits. I love it. And it has a slight Mayan touches mm -hmm. to it because you spent your summer there yep. in, in, in South America and, cent and Central America. Uh, love it. Okay. That's so that is Hexed. What a great game. I am so happy. I loved it. Thanks. It was a little longer than normal, and I think that's because um, you are very imaginative and add a lot to the game. Yeah. So that was awesome. But it's still, I designed it to be a relatively short game. Yeah, and I think I think even even an hour and a half is still pretty short, all things considered, as far as like role playing games go. When you're talking about a thing that can regularly run four to eight hours. 
Exactly. Um, it's actually if you if you take apart the mechanics, I don't actually think the game the dice mechanics are robust for a long. No, I thing. think it. I think it's pretty short and sweet, and I think that's what makes it really work. That's what makes it really exactly. I, I think I, I really wanted the the feeling of do I sleep? Do I study? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I use my do I use my rolls now? Do I not? Because I felt. Uh, that try I was trying to capture the student life of like making those decisions about it, how to I use your time. I think it came time. through really beautifully. I think it really, I think it really popped with that. Thanks, and you. Uh, I'll have you note that you were. Uh, I've 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 play tested this six, seven, eight times, um, and you are the student to use more magic than anyone else. I so loved really using fun. magic. It's just fun. Uh, it was so fun, and uh, I also think you were incredibly imaginative. Thank you. Um, so thank you, thank you, Jeff, well, for adding so much color to the game. Well, thank you for coming on the show. This was a delight. Thanks, Jeff. I, I, I had a great time. <laughs> so uh, real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, so um, I always post on Twitter. My Twitter is at Sharung Biswas. Uh, that's my full name spelling, which will be on this podcast. So you can look at that. Yep. Uh, c- uh, connected, uh, like linked to my Twitter, uh, you can find my website, uh, which is sharungbiswas.myportfolio.com. But the link is there. Uh, you can also go to my itch.io page because not all the games I make are playable by people around because they're like performances sure, and sure, theatrical sure. and gallery stuff. So my HIO you can find from my website, but it's it's um, my HIO name is Astrolingus, as in star tongue, mm-hmm. uh, A-S-T-R-O-L-I-N-G-U-S. Uh, you can uh, get some of my games. Most of them are pay what you want, including the ones that have won some of the awards. Um, yeah, but I encourage you to check out this anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's called You and I, Role-Playing Games for Two. This is just one of the like games in there, 17 designers so cool. submitted games. Yeah, and some of them are close games. Some of them are games you can play across the internet. Uh, it's, they're all different genres. Some of them are sad. Mine is, you know, sort of swashbuckling. Uh, it is not that expensive, and part of the proceeds go to charity. Uh, so I also cool. encourage you to check out um, the Adventure Mixtape, a music and adventure anthology if you like running D&D games uh, on drive through because a couple of designers and artists and sorry by artists I mean visual artists Mm -hmm. and musicians worked really hard to make a cool product Um, but yeah and I hope you subscribe to this podcast Um, in addition to it being cool uh, it's really interesting um, to look at two player games Mm -hmm. and how they can uh, work within our hobby and our art form and to support indie designers because indie designers need love. We do. We absolutely do. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute delight. I I, I had the most fun. And now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Sean for coming on to the show. That game was... Oh my goodness. That game was such a delight to play and to listen to. I am still giddy about it. Be sure to check out Hexed and you and I, role-playing games for two, an anthology of two-player role-playing games on DriveThruRPG. Also be sure to check out the Adventure Mixtape. Also be sure to check out all of Sharng's other work because it's all very, very good and very interesting and doing cool things with games that I am incredibly excited about. Also, be sure to follow Sharng on Twitter, at SharngBizwas. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast, and join our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review. iTunes reviews are hugely helpful in helping new listeners find the show, which helps us grow, grow, and do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also send us some love on social media, or tell a friend about the show. Anything to help us grow is tremendously appreciated. 
If you'd like to support Party of One financially, as well as my game design work, community involvement stuff, and all the other things that I'm doing on a given day, you can go to patreon.com slash jeffstormer and get access to all of that for just a few dollars a month. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, might I recommend All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano says and I take a listener-submitted prompt and spin it into an original fantasy character, populating a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates or about coming on the show, you can shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.